Hi, Dr. Phil Flocks here, also known as John Billingsley. I volunteer for the Hollywood Food Coalition. We serve terrific meals to the unhoused seven nights a week. We assist a hundred nonprofits with their food needs. We work with community partners to address food insecurity in Southern California. If you're in LA, come and volunteer with us at hofoco.org slash volunteer. And any Federation credits you can spare go a long way. Welcome back to another episode of the Shuttlepod podcast. I'm your host, Kaylee Yacovino, and today I am joined by my co-hosts, Brian Drew. Hey, everybody. And Jared Whitley. How's it going, everybody? Thanks for listening. Today is a exciting, for me at least, uh, episode of the Shuttlepod because it is episode number 100, everybody. Yeah. Woohoo! And I will note, because I don't want to sell us short now, this is number 100, like our officially numbered 100th episode, but it's actually our 149th podcast, if you include supplementals and our discovery reviews. And maybe the Picard, did we do Picard reviews too that were numbered differently? We did. So yeah, so we have a ton of other podcasts that weren't part of our like regular lineup, but this is number 100, big milestone for us. It is. That's so cool. You yeah. know, it's a big milestone in television, right? We know, normally when they hit their 100th episode, they have like a party and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like we sort of made it to 100 episodes. If you count 79 episodes of the original series, that makes the 100th overall episode of all Star Trek TNG's Arsenal of Freedom. Ooh, very yeah. nice. Oh, cool. So this is our Arsenal of Freedom episode, which, you know, I really actually like that episode quite a bit. It's spectacular. It's I think it's right. terrific. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Jared, because I feel like it's not beloved, but I actually really like that episode. I, I think uh, we're kind of spitballing here. If you look at like the top three episodes of season one, I think it's Arsenal of Freedom. Um, I think it's uh, Heart of Glory, the Klingon one, and then the Binar episode. Yeah, the uh, yeah, Binar. Awesome. I, I, I know the exact name of the episode, but I'm not going to show off. Oh, come on. Um, let's hear it. One one zero zero one one zero zero one zero zero one, right? So those three episodes, I think, are the standout of the first season that said, "Hey, give us a little more time, we'll get there, folks." So <laughs> I, I love Arsenal Freedom. It's the best ensemble piece in all of TNG because everybody has wow. something cool they get to do, and it feels right? very TOSy to me. It's like a very TOS setup. Oh, okay, yeah, I can yeah. see that. And yeah. I think the way it's photographed too, and I guess the way the sets are designed, the like quote unquote exterior sets. <laughs> which are not exterior. Yeah. Um, they feel very TOS because it's like, yep. it's like a, a red sky and some ferns. <laughs> That's what they used to call the planet hell set, right? Yeah. 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 There are more ferns on Arsenal of Freedom than planet hell, but it's basically planet <laughs> hell with, with, with like jungle, jungle edition. Yeah. Right. So to, we should be, we want to celebrate our 100th episode, right guys? Yep. Absolutely. So we have something in mind um, that we want to do with y'all because this is a celebration not only of, of, you know, 100 episodes from us, but it's 100 episodes of you guys supporting us and listening to us, which is the reason that we do this at all. 
Um, so to celebrate with you, we are going to run a contest uh, for a giveaway. I will be putting together a mystery shuttle pod prize pack, trademark, registered trademark, copyright, uh-huh. 2021, um, which will include things like shuttle pod t-shirt and some other, maybe a couple of tribbles in there. I only need to put in one. You'll end up with a few, you know, those kinds of things in a really cool little pack of stuff. Um, and the contest is meant to be interactive. Um, we're going to hold a Photoshop battle. And what that means is we're going to post an image. We're not going to tell you what it is yet. You'll have to go to the website to find out. We're going to post some image um, on the website post at trekmovie.com that goes up with this podcast. Um, and the your job is to edit that, that uh, image and, using Photoshop or MS Paint or whatever you want. And the most creative wins. So we're not judging here on your Photoshop ability or right. your graphic design skills. It's all about creativity and, of course, humor. Your sense of humor, absolutely. Well, I can't wait to see all the submissions. I mean, where, when when do you think we'll um, have a conclusion to the contest? That's an well, excellent question, Jared that's Whitley. That's an excellent question that I definitely thought about before this moment. Um, <laughs> no, I think we'll run it. We'll run it for the next couple of weeks so we can announce a winner um, on the next podcast. Yes, absolutely. There's no reason why we can't do that. And I'll have to say we'll have more, you know, more information and specific instructions on how to answer on that post on trekmovie.com. So look for that. But just uh, as a reminder, please, um, when you submit your image, um, make sure you give us an email address where we can reach you so that we can tell you if you won. Uh-huh. And if you do post um, a, a comment on our website, with your email address in the email address field, that does not get posted publicly. Um, so please feel free to put your actual email address there so that we can contact you. Okay, that's spectacular. I'm excited because we have some really creative listeners. We do. And we have some longtime listeners too. So have fun with it, guys. Yeah, the more you know, the more you can kiss our ass with this image. <laughs> that's gonna win win you some points too, I think. <laughs> Do they get bonus points if they if they if they reference Arsenal Freedom? There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. there if you they go. put that little that little hovering sex toy thing <laughs> in the Oh, I'm sorry, full body massager. If that gets in the image, like that gets an extra point. Okay. Speaking of full body massagers, let's talk about Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering so, how you're going to segue out of that. <laughs> well, Jared is the king of the segue, so I always he just is. try to channel him. Oh, that's very flattering. I, th- t- today, I, I defer my crown to you. Oh well, thank you. I'll have to put you on the spot later in the episode for other segue opportunities. Okay, okay. I will do. My, I'll do my best. I'll I'll, uh, I'll get some on the hopper so they're ready to go. Yeah, excellent. So last time on the shuttle pod episode ninety nine, we talked about the at what was at the time upcoming Star Trek Las Vegas convention, or should we say 55-year mission convention, Mm -hmm. as it's now known. Um, And basically, we were just asking questions. You know, we laid out how it was going to be different. You know, the elephant in the room, or should I say the Salot in the room, is obviously (laughs) the presence of COVID um, and how that was going to affect the con experience. The second thing was that this is the first year in a long time that Creation, who runs that convention, have not had... Um, the license from CBS, meaning this is not an official convention, which is why they changed the name from Star Trek Las Vegas to 55-Year Mission. Uh-huh. 
So we had a number of questions last time, and now we've been to the con, we've come back, we've molded over, and we have some answers to those questions. So this episode is really going to be a debrief of our experience at STLV, or the 55-year mission. So let's talk first about some of the questions we had last time. The biggest one was, what's the convention going to be like in the broadest sense? I mean, like, what will it feel like, particularly for longtime attendees? So what would you guys say? Uh, how would you answer that question now that, now that we've gone and come back? Well, I mean, the biggest, the biggest change is that there were so few stars there. Yeah. Right? That, to me, was the biggest deal. I mean, when, on Saturday, there was still a plenty big crowd. And things uh, wound down a little sooner than I was accustomed to. And they certainly wound down sooner Sunday. Usually they drag as much as they can out of that Sunday night with, you know, they have those Deep Space Nine guys doing like the lounge singing at like 9 p.m. <laughs> yeah. In the in the ballroom. The Rat Pack, yeah. The, that's yeah. right, exactly. Um, and so uh, not, not having that was okay because then we got to hang out more, right? Rather than feeling compelled we had to participate in stuff. And having a looser schedule or less demanding schedule is why we all attended the um, costume contest, mm-hmm. which we usually don't do. That's and true. I think everyone had a good time with that. We did. We had a blast. So so those are those are positives. Um, but it was weird that the Voyager panel was only three people and there was no TNG panel. And mm-hmm. the Deep Space Nine panel was Nicole DeBoer, Hannah Hattay, Penny Johnson, Gerald. Who is the one who is currently active? So it was it, on the Orville. So it was great to see her. And mm. then um, Chase Masterson and then Nana Visitor zooming in, right? Mm-hmm. There's it's, a couple of zoom ins. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually a little different than that. Yeah. Um, so that was the biggest change. Uh, it wasn't terrible. It was just a little weird. And for me, I was only there two days, right? So I still felt like I got what I would have gotten in those two days. Those of you that were there a little longer, I don't know what your reaction was it because how early did the two of you get there okay you got there, there tu- tuesday. tuesday right and i got, got there wednesday, wednesday. Yeah. yeah okay so yeah you had you guys had more than twice the experience than i did yeah. how was it during the weekdays before i got there it was quiet but it's typically quiet early in the convention mm-hmm. i think overall i mean I, I can't speak for Kelly, but i thought like by the by the time it got to friday and saturday it began to feel like normal I agree. Yeah, there there was a lot of activity, particularly Saturday, as Jared alluded to. Um, Saturday this year ended up being the big day. William Shatner and Kelsey Grammer were basically the headliners for Saturday. They were basically the headliners of the convention this yep. year. Yeah, and so the place was you know you walk into the main hallway in, in the ballroom area and there's people going by like the it's pretty busy. It's pretty dense with people. And that's like that's usually the case every Saturday at one of these conventions. So that part of it felt fairly normal. As Jared alluded to, though, like with all the cancellations this year, yeah, there was definitely less of a a compulsive need to go see things and do things that we would normally do. No, I mean, no TNG panel at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I no. mean, Denise Crosby was there, and I'm sure she would have been happy to have done it all by herself. But <laughs> that would have been weird. Yeah, I mean, some some of the actors canceled a long time ago. You know, every, obviously everybody has a comfort level for, for what they would, how they want to approach going into large public spaces right now. Um, most, most of them canceled, you know, a week or two in advance, sometimes longer, but there were a few that canceled, you know, the day before the convention, 
during the convention. Oh yeah, to the to the point where there were some like posters up of people of the yeah. The I'm not going to name names or anything. No, but th- those not. are the ones that kind of rub me the wrong way. Like if the convention's on and you you know you're canceling, yeah, you're literally like scheduled to be there you know tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, and you're canceling now unless yeah. unless you have a doctor's note. Yeah, unless there's really, I mean, it is possible that there was some extenuating circumstance, but it right. felt like, ooh, I freaked out about COVID at the last second. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not, I don't want to get too deeply into that part of it. Overall, though, I mean, obviously, we all had to wear a mask. Not mm-hmm. ideal. None of us want to do that, but you do it because you got to be smart about these things. And outside of that, though, it felt fairly normal. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really did. The the the, uh, the vendors' room was busy as it always is. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you my find in the vendors' room this year? Uh, you might have. What was it? So the one thing that I needed for my new house is coasters. I don't have any coasters, uh-huh. so I thought I'll pick up some Star Trek coasters. And I went around to all these booths. No one had any. No one had any. And then I found this one lady who she had this huge bag full of coasters of different ships. From cool. the nineties oh, cool. that she sold me for ten bucks. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, you gotta take some pictures. I want to see this. Oh yeah, I will. Oh, cool. I'm using I'm using some Star Trek coasters right now. What, what what coaster is it? What what is on the coaster? Um, this one. It's a whole set of them, and they're like cardboard, which isn't the ideal material for a coaster. But um, let's see. They're from 1987. This one has the Galileo on it. Cool. Oh, we may have the same set. Are they? Yeah. They're, are they square and they're yep. like thick cardboard? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a whole... There's a lot of them in the set, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 20. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I have a ton of them. They're all over my house. Okay. We got the same set. Small so they're world. not... If you get them, like, very wet, they... <laughs> like, they're paper. <laughs> but they're 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 mostly great. I I've only ruined, like, that. one of them, and I've had them for years. Oh, good. Join us next time on Star Trek Coasters. <laughs> so we... we uh... <laughs> We did an episode about chairs. We'll do an episode about coasters. <laughs> about this one coaster set. We can talk about anything, people. But yeah, just to echo what you guys are saying, are saying I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing was that it was a, a lot more chill of a schedule, which has a lot of pros and a couple of cons. There were, yeah, like having a TNG panel, um, would have been great that's always fun and having more panels that were you know newsy at all because at some points we were really struggling to be like what did anyone say in this panel yeah which is fine sometimes shatner is on is often like that where he won't say anything that's like we're gonna write an article about it for the website he's not breaking news but he's so like if you haven't seen him live go do drop everything that you're doing right now and go see him live yeah, you have to. I, I'm biased, maybe, but I think he's one of the greatest performers on stage, yeah. live. E- easily. No one is better at this than he is. I've yeah. never seen someone or felt so captivated by someone saying absolutely nothing for an hour. <laughs> it's but true. I love it. It's amazing. It's like it. it's energizing to watch him. And wow. Yeah. So anyway, I, I really. I, and he was in rare form this year. Yeah. yeah. He was. Even, even better than normal. He even yeah. flipped the bird at one point, I think. He, he did. He did. But yeah, the other thing I wanted to mention is the only one thing that did also feel different was because the license is gone. Mm-hmm. You didn't see there wasn't a lot of Trek imagery throughout the uh, the main area. You saw it in the vendors room because they're selling wares in there. But but uh, places where you would normally see, you know, the Delta and like all these other 
very Star Trek images were not present. And even the things that they've had there in the past, like the Borg assimilation chamber was kind of redressed, even though it's clearly still the assimilation chamber. Yeah. They put it, blue lights on it. They instead changed of green. the colors of it. Right. They, they did have the enterprise bridge there as mm-hmm. it, and looking as it always does. I guess they, they made an exception for that, but. Or maybe that counts as like a traveling exhibit or something separate. Right. You know, right. who knows? Maybe. And then, like, you know, Instead of having Will Riker up on a banner, it was Jonathan Frakes. Oh, because they can't say the name of the character. Right. So like stuff like that. That's their way of working around things. So that makes things a little different. The other thing I noticed along that lines was music. Like they didn't have yep. the traditional Star Trek music in the background the way they usually do. In some places they did. In some places they did. And I wasn't sure what the difference was. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I, I do know that the, the the music rights and the copyright to like images are two different things. So it's possible you can, you know, those might be re-recordings of music. Oh, okay. Done by other people. And then like I the think Prague that's where. orchestra rather than. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And then okay. you, you can use those as opposed to the actual official recordings. I think, okay, so I think sense. there's wiggle room there because I, I heard plenty of Trek music during the convention. But it was, I did too, but it was only in certain rooms. Yeah, and it was in the hallway. I remember hearing it in the hallway a lot. That's true. It was in the hallway. Yeah. By the photo op things. Yeah, and near near where the Roddenberry exhibit was. Yeah. So that is one area where it felt normal. But yeah, for the most part, as soon as you walked into the convention center, you were aware that it was not what what it once was as far as corporate imagery. Yeah, and I think... Also, you know, we were wondering what, what attendance was going to be like. I would say it was probably less than, than say, the year before or two years before yes. 2019, but yeah. not by that much. No. You know, it no. was still, like you said, it was still on Saturday, especially Saturday. It really got grooving. And like the first, like, you know, Wednesday and Thursday was slow, but it always is. Um, yeah. Probably a little bit slower than normal. But again, not by much. There were still plenty of people in the vendors hall. And then, yeah, Saturday, it was like, Saturday you wouldn't know there was a yeah. pandemic. Yeah. Which no, was, it you went know, really well. And, and to be honest, like I felt quite safe. Me too. Um, I did get a little bit like, hmm, when there's so many people showed up on Saturday, but I had already been there a few days and felt comfortable. Everyone was masking, even in the rest of the Rio, because there is a mask mandate for indoor spaces in, in the state of Nevada. People were following it. Yeah. I, to my pleasant surprise. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was some area of the convention where somebody caused the scene, but we didn't see it. No. And it yeah, went pe- really well. People seem to be masking like it's not a problem. It's just what you do. Um, people would, the cosplayers were kind of working the mask into the cosplay a lot of times, which was cool. Yep. The, the best one of that was the kid at the costume contest who was like an insectoid Zindi. Oh, he was so adorable. Yeah. And yeah, he who, was. Who, who, his mom was with him the whole time because he clearly couldn't see anything that was happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a great costume. It was amazing. It was spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. The kid was great. Yeah. That was one thing. That was one of the benefits of not having a particularly busy convention this year is we did get, as Jared mentioned earlier, we got to go to the costume. Contest. And I, I often try to duck in and grab some photos if I can, but sure. I don't get to hang out for the event. And it's right. such a, it's honestly one of the more fun things. It really is. There. It really is. I feel, I feel uh, bad that I haven't gone more yeah, in the me past. Too. Well, and this year they had uh, Mary Chifo was like the host. Mm-hmm. 
She was a hoot. And then they had, let's see, Murray Wiseman. Um, Her husband, Noah. Noah, uh, who plays the Andorian in Discovery. And who was the other person? There was three judges. Robin Curtis. Robin Curtis, yeah. Who, who looks great, by the way. Looks amazing. Um, and but the you know all of them were just laughing and making jokes, and it was so it was a blast. And it was a lot like of fun. Mar- Mary Chifo was wowing me with her Trek knowledge. Like I feel like she she probably knew a lot to begin with, but she's learned so much. Like yeah. she's like shouting out Klingon phrases and like having conversations in Klingon with the audience and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like really awesome. She she buried herself in the park. <laughs> it was great <laughs> in the best way. Yep. So that was fun. Um, I think for me, the biggest difference was the non-official convention stuff. So normally the con is like, we're in Vegas, everyone's going to party. You know, as soon as the con is over, you go go grab dinner and then you hit the bars inside the Rio, um, you know, the masquerade bar, I bar. There's stuff going on in what used to be called Quarks and now it's called Jimmy's, which is in the convention center. Um and people were just drinking and hanging out and having fun and running around. And it's just like a big party. And um, I don't know if there was a lot of that happening because I didn't take part in it. But I suspect there was not a lot of that happening because people who I knew um, weren't going and hanging out at Masquerade Bar. They right. were getting together small groups in their hotel room or going to dinner oh. Um some people um, were just holed up in their rooms. You know, I know some of the some of the um, actors that we know who were there, you know, working, signing autographs and things, um, were like not doing anything social because they're just like, I'm just gonna, you know, that's my comfort level. I'm already spending so much time interacting with all these people and taking photos right. and stuff. So it's like I'm just gonna go back to my room and eat food and go to sleep. So it was a whole range of things for people. You know, and some people probably were going out to the bars every night. Not us. No. We were happily back in the Trek movie party house, our Airbnb that we rented about 15 minutes from the yeah, hotel. Yeah, which was, which was absolutely the right way to go. Which mm. was amazing. And we could just relax. We're all vaccinated. We're all, we all know each other. We're all safe. We could just order some food to the house, hang out, watch Star Trek, play trivia, drinks, go whatever. in the pool. And you notice how when I said when we got Indian food, we should just get butter, chicken, and naan. Do you know what went absolute first? The butter, <laughs> chicken, and naan. <laughs> of course. And then it's like the stuff people don't want as much. I'm like, oh, we have to eat that now. It's like, why did we get it? <laughs> Everyone knows the butter chicken and naan is the way to go. Just do that. <laughs> hey, we ate like all that food though. We did, but we, we did. would have enjoyed butter more butter chicken and naan. <laughs> Noted for next year. But yeah, no, it it was definitely a whole different vibe as far as the social aspect of it went. And there's a lot of people I didn't really get to see hardly people who normally like that's where we catch up and it's been two years and i miss them and yeah they were texting me like hey i hardly saw you and i'm like i know i'm sorry i was like we were at the house because we weren't hanging out at the bars and so that part was kind of a bummer yeah but i also really loved hanging out with you guys it was like a really awesome trick movie bonding time yep it was you got to hang out with john champion though right you got to catch up with him barely not really yeah john was extraordinarily busy during mm. the con, he was super busy because um, he yep. was running all this, all the events, you know, along with 
other folks, but he was the sort of uh, Roddenberry yeah. front person for yeah the Roddenberry stage, and so he was on stage on the Roddenberry yeah. stage. Like yeah, they had a really there. nice stage this year, the Roddenberry stage. They did. Their they best, had some really best. classy, intelligent people on that yeah. they interviewed as well, like Jared yeah. Whitley. Oh well, I was like, guess what a coincidence that you just happened to mention that right <laughs> after I set you up like that. Which is, you know, your interview is available on their um, on their YouTube channel, and I assume mine is as well. We both yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, I, you I to explain. To, to you your, guys want to explain yeah. what you were doing? So they had a an event um, Sunday morning where they had like three people come out and they interviewed us like Tonight Show style. And I came out, and then there was a guy selling some product, and then there was oh, I can't remember his name. He was also on your panel with you, Kayla. Very nice gentleman. Um, and that was great because then I got to catch up with John, but that was really the only time. Yeah, and I did the same thing. I was on the morning show, um, where yeah, exactly. It was like it was like um, the Tonight Show style, and you come out and you sit in the couch and you kind of bullshit for a while and talk about whatever. Um, and then I was also on a panel with um, some other folks doing um, Star Trek things that use social media, so podcasts, websites, that sort of thing. Um, and we talked about how people use social media. Um, today you know for star trek for um be it the traditional social media of you know instagram twitter facebook and we also talked about the trekmovie.com comment sections which there's there's a whole podcast in and of itself just talking about you know what it's like moderating that and you know how do we go about making safe spaces where people can come together and form a community rather than you know loud trolls kind of dominating the conversation and making it a toxic place to be and there's a there's a fine line between you know over moderating because we don't want to appear to be favoring an opinion or deleting something because we disagree with it, um, but also we don't want just vitriol on there that scares people away. I, I I thought it was a very productive conversation. I thought so too, and some really insi- insightful things. I, I learned a lot from the other people on the panel, um, including the Sci-Fi Sisters, who if you haven't uh, checked out their website or podcast, you definitely should. Um, they're great, and they take a really uh, positive, fun approach to talking about Trek. So it was mm. cool learning from cool. all of them about, you know, how they approach issues of, you know, of people coming and trolling them on their, on Facebook, basically. <laughs> let's talk about Kelsey Grammer. Can we talk about Kelsey Grammer? Let's do it. Sure. Okay. I'd never seen him in person before. He, I, I don't know if either of you two have. No. No. no I was, uh, you know, he uh, has a small guest role. On the episode Cause and Effect, which when we Very did our top small. 10 TNG episodes a couple years ago, we that was on our top 10 list. Mm-hmm. And I think it's on most fans' top 10 list at this point. Um, but his role is super tiny. It's like just him at the view screen saying, this is Captain Bateson. We stand ready to give you assistance. Captain Picard says, uh, maybe we need to give you assistance, basically, right? <laughs> um, and so that was, you know, but he's obviously a star in his own right for a half a dozen different other things. And so it was cool to have him uh, come to the to the Star Trek convention to talk about his cameo. But it was weird how little he actually talked about that episode. Yeah. Yeah. I, did, at all? I mean, for maybe 20 seconds? I think for less time than he was actually on screen in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, which, yeah, it's a low bar, as you said. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a bit odd. Like, he mentioned that, you know, he had been approached by Jonathan Frakes to take the role. And he said it was a lot of fun. <laughs> and that was it. And, and then, then he, and then he, he said he showed up and he didn't work with the other actors because he filmed his stuff separately. 
Right. Yeah. Right. So that was a little odd. Um, yeah. But he's had such a, a remarkable career, Kelsey Grammer, that it's still incredibly entertaining to just listen to him talk about his experiences in the theater and obviously playing Frasier and and, and Sideshow Bob. Yeah, Sideshow Bob. Like yeah. All sorts of things that this guy has done in his very long and varied career. So it was still entertaining, just a little disappointing from a Trek aspect. And I can certainly forgive, because as you say, he has such a, a storied career. So I can certainly forgive that with Kelsey Grammer in particular, but I can forgive it less with Rain Wilson, who also barely talked about Star Trek. Yeah. It was oh, basically I missed him. Like, that must have been uh, earlier in the week. The Office convention. Yeah, he was a late addition. He he. To be fair, though, he he came in late. I think they asked him to come after a lot of other people bailed, and he he said yes, I'll come. No, I think it's great that he was there. I just wish yeah. that you know they put a moderator on stage with them to ask them questions, and I wish that person had steered the conversation more in the direction of Star Trek. Yes, yeah. And instead that of goes like, to, what do you right. think? Uh, what would Dwight's favorite episode of Star Trek be? yeah yeah there was some odds there was some odd stuff like that yeah we're not here to listen to that nonsense like go to like they probably have office conventions like and he's probably (laughs) he's talked about this a million times before it's not like you've never gotten to hear rain wilson speak about the office right seriously let's hear what he thinks about harry mudd you know sure yeah and he has done a lot of stuff in recent tracks and is a big fan yeah he did mention he did talk about roger carmel and you know a few other bits and pieces, but he really, yeah, I, f- I think if he was up there for 45 minutes, maybe three or four of it, five minutes, maybe it was Trek related. Yeah, that was disappointing because I, I was yeah. really excited to hear from him on Trek stuff. So maybe next time. Maybe next time. Yeah, I'm sorry. I missed him. I didn't see him at all. Yeah, I think was he was, I, I want to say he was Thursday. So Speaking was... of things like this, why don't we kind of talk about, you know, what specifically were the highlights for us of the con. So like Jared, wow. would you say that Kelsey Grammer was a highlight for you? I, I enjoyed the Voyager panel a lot, actually. Oh. It was only Garrett Wang and Robert Beltran and uh, Roxanne Dawson. But mm-hmm. I thought they all, I think they enjoyed, especially Garrett Wang enjoyed having a little bit of extra elbow room and being able to get a little bit more of a spotlight than they usually do. So that was fun to see them. We were all kind of surprised when Robert Beltran slipped that I guess he's going to be on Prodigy, which maybe he wasn't supposed to say. There's yeah, no way he not. was supposed to say that. Yeah, yeah. It's Oops. okay, though. He's the yeah. new Frakes. Yep. <laughs> the, the and, 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 unlike, and unlike Frakes, I don't think Robert Beltran gives a damn if he gets in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frakes didn't at first, I don't think. No, no. Until they, but, they kept badgering him until two years ago he wore a shirt to the convention that literally said i signed an fda uh, i signed an nda <laughs> an NDA, uh, yeah. but and yeah, anytime yeah. someone would ask him the question he would just stand up and point to the shirt yeah yeah anyway yeah that was probably the only major bit of news that came out of the like, huge news that came out of the convention this year yeah the voyager panel was good the voyager documentary panel was was okay um Seeing Jerry Taylor, who doesn't normally come to cons, she hasn't been to one in quite a while. That was great. You get to hear her side of the story regarding all sorts of background production details. That was a lot of fun. I actually missed hers. I can't remember why. There's something I need. Something in the other room, I think, that I went to. Um, was was she in, interesting? Did she talk about the drumhead and how great it is when podcasts talk about her ma- her magnum opus? <laughs> she did not. We, there was a little TNG, but not a lot. It was mostly Voyager related. Mostly Voyager. Okay. Yeah. 
Do you remember um, any particular stories that you can recall were really interesting? No, she not particularly. She only, she you know repeated the she she gave her perspective on you know the recasting of Janeway and how things went with Jean-Pierre Bujol mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She said that she, Jerry showed up at two back-to-back Voyager con uh, panels. She was at the Voyager documentary. She was surprised guest at the Voyager documentary panel, and then she bopped over to her own hmm. solo thing. And she repeated some of the same stories a couple of times. She was covering a lot of the same ground. Did I think there was anything revelatory that I probably hadn't really heard before? No. But it was still interesting to hear from her. You know, you don't get to hear. She's, you know, like I said, all, not all the, the behind the scenes people are very comfortable doing conventions on a reg, on the regular. So yeah. when they do come out and do them, it's special, I think. Well, I really enjoyed, as I said, seeing William Shatner. Just, God, it's like gives me energy just watching yeah, him. Yeah, he's so energetic. Oh, he's, and he's 90. Mm-hmm. Incredible man. So that was You'd wonderful. You never know it. And, and he doesn't stop moving the whole t- or talking the whole time he's up there. Nope. nope. Or moving. And Either one. How how does he, I mean, I get short of breath when I do that kind of thing. You know, what's funny is if you've never seen him on stage at a convention, you might not realize that he's walking around the whole time because he's in, he's he's very difficult to photograph. Um, he, so I take a lot of the the photos in the from the pit for Trek movie during the STLV convention. And he's notoriously difficult to photograph because he's constantly moving. And even when he's standing still, his mic is in front of his face the entire time. And you don't want a picture of half of his face obscured by the microphone. So all the good pictures that people get of him are sitting when he's sitting. He'll stop for a minute. He'll sit down in the chair for like a minute. And then he'll get up and walk around again. So it's funny if you look at our photos, it's all him sitting. But 90% of the time, he's pacing back and forth on the stage. So what do you do? How do you get a good picture of him then? You wait till he's sitting because otherwise, because the light is such on the stage that you really have to shoot in manual focus. And besides that, if you shoot on autofocus, your camera will just focus on the microphone instead of on their face. So you've got to mm-hmm. be in manual focus. And when they're moving a lot forward and back, it's impossible to to get in focus quickly enough to get a shot. At least it is for me. And so I wait till he's sitting where he's still. And then sometimes he'll just dip the mic a bit or he'll move his head to the side. So he's got the mic maybe on the left side of him and I'm looking at his right side kind of a thing. So, you know, I'm getting like a semi profile of him and then I can get photos like that. But yeah, it's a challenge. So I have to take a lot of photos when Chetner's on stage. But it's fun. Yep. Yeah, it's always entertaining. You never know what Bill's going to come out and say. I mean, half of it, you know exactly what he's going to come out and say. Yeah, but there's always a random element to it. Some, Very something, much so. Something unusual will come out at some point during his discussion. Yeah, he will touch on certain things. If he's got a new project, he will make a point of, you know, discussing that, which he did. His uh, his new uh, show on uh, RT America, I believe. Is it called he I Don't about, Understand or something? Yeah, like yeah something like that. And I think he talked about his recent experience with sharks. You know, certain things you know he's going to touch on if, if it's happened recently or if it's just it's upcoming here, he will make a point. But there's always two or three things in there that you don't expect. For sure. Which is why I don't think we've ever won Shatner Bingo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did pretty well this year. Uh, we uh, Every year at the convention, we create a bingo card. For featuring... two people now. Yeah. It used to just be Shatner. But now when she's there, it's also for... Sidney um, Martin Green. Sidney Martin Green. Yeah, the two people who tend to repeat things, they have certain things that they go to, 
during the course of their their chats. And I think this year, I think we hit five on the Shatner bingo card. We hit a lot of them, but we didn't hit any like in a bingo formation. in a bingo configuration. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we have fun with that every year. Yeah. It's always and it's funny because with Shatner, there's like an array of maybe like twenty stories that we could list, but you have to pick right. which mm-hmm. ones are going on the board because he's only going to talk about maybe five out of those twenty. Right, right. Like you know, he'll talk about his horses probably. His horses or horse charity. Right. The Bombardier story, the bicycle story. Right. <laughs> Any upcoming projects? Didn't he go off a long time on? Um... Wolf habitats in uh, Yellowstone National Park. Yes, and we had that was that nature, was one of the random things. Yeah. Nature slash ecology was on our bingo card because Perfect. apparently he was recently at the Star Trek TOS bridge set in Ticonderoga, and when he was there, he was, he was talking about like getting back to nature and things like that. So Matt was like, "Oh, we've got to put something about nature on the card." So Matt nailed that. Sure one. enough. So wait, I'm sorry. Wait, what was the center square? Oh, that's free space. And what was the free space? Oh, it was COVID. Just anything about COVID. Oh, okay. Which he obviously hit on. You can't not talk about COVID. Yeah. Right, we always pick right, an easy right. one for free space that yep. like they're definitely going to do. Yep. And then it was like he's talking about his age because he's 90. That was on there. We'll make another one for next year. It's a tradition. It's one of my favorite parts of the con. It is. It <laughs> totally is. It totally is. So Shatner was a highlight for me in general. Yeah, he was good. Um. One of the real highlights for me was Ken Mitchell, though. Yes. Oh, my goodness. From Discovery. God, it made me cry. Yeah. um, For those of you who don't know, Ken Mitchell has ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. And it's progressed. I think he was only diagnosed three years ago. And it has progressed very, very rapidly. Ken can no longer speak. He's in a wheelchair. He... He needs a device similar to what Stephen Hawking used to use to communicate. Oh, wow. But he was inspiring as hell because he was up there cracking jokes, mm-hmm. speaking about Star Trek and the fans and how supportive they are. And it was it was a really special thing to see someone like that who's been dealt this adversity. I mean, Ken was this. I, I remember, Kayla, remember when we met him in and Mary before before mm-hmm. discovery might even went on the air they came that summer yep. I'll never forget and we were chatting them up and <clears throat> Ken was this big handsome dude very athletic looking and you know had you know the world was his oyster basically so you know? enthusiastic and very enthusiastic and to see this happen to him in four years is, mm. it was quite it was quite a thing to like you know give you a little bit of perspective on life um but he you know he's doing what he can he was at the convention he was there multiple days. And you know, I, he's so inspiring. Like he truly, really is. truly, that's a powerful person. Yeah, it really is. You know, and gives you a little bit of perspective on your own life and your own problems. And, so much. I I yeah. wanted to say Hopefully. something to him, but I didn't quite know how to do it, so I decided not to. But I, I want to just go up to him and say, like, my God, man, you know, you're such an inspiration. I admire you so much. Like just seeing you and watching how you face adversity helps me in my life. You're helping so many people. Yeah. You're so strong. Like just floored by him. Yeah. No, but yeah, that to me, that might've been my entire highlight of the convention because I did not expect that to happen. Oh, 
That's nice. And it was just, it was just a wonderful, you know, there are times when you go to these cons where you will see things like that, you know, fans that are not well, but who are so enthusiastic and so inspired that they're there and they're having the time in their lives and it means so much to them. That's, you know, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, I feel bad I missed that now. Yeah, no, he was he was great. He was great. I he hope was he's funny. He was funny. Yeah, he had he had a he had a bunch of good quick <laughs> some quick-witted stuff. He was ready for he was definitely ready to, you know. He had like pre-programmed certain things. Certain things, say. but he had some comebacks for other things. Yeah, he did. He yeah, made jokes good. about like Mary farting a lot. It was just yeah. it was funny. <laughs> yeah, he and Mary are close friends and you know Mary was obviously out there with him making sure he was okay. But um, it was very disarming. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. You know, God bless him. I, I he seriously. <sighs> but that was it. That was an inspiring moment for me. Ken Ken Mitchell, badass. Seriously. Yeah, and he he suggested another appearance in Star Trek. Yeah, I think he's going to be in the fourth season of Discovery. Is he not? It he was, alluded to it. He alluded to it, but it wasn't clear to me if it was a joke or yeah. if he was serious. Because he said something about he will be, you know, in the in the season in a really unique way or something like that, a really special way. Right. So it sounded like real, but I was like, wait, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. So I hope so. I think that'd be wonderful if they could include him. And they and they did even after he was in the wheelchair. You know, obviously he was in the last season, so. Yeah, I think they will try their best to get him in there, Everyone. even if it's in a fairly minor role, you know. But it even if it's just a voice thing. Yeah. Anyway, so th- definitely a highlight for me. Oh, that's a good pick, Brian. That yeah, I'm so good. glad you brought that up because thanks. Yeah, I'll never forget. I'll, there are certain moments that, that going to these Star Trek conventions that you never forget, and that's one of them. Well said. So anyway, where were we? Well, I have to say, you know, there were some convention highlights for me that were sort of non-convention-y things. Um, the number one was, you know, hanging out with you guys. Yes, I absolutely. go to the convention. I don't go to the convention to see people on stage, um, although sometimes you get these wonderful moments, like with Ken, um, seeing Shatner, like I said, seeing the costume contest, all these things were wonderful. Um, but really, I go there to see my friends, yes. um, see you guys, see people I haven't seen in a year or two years in this case. So that was was cathartic and healing yeah. for me. Yes. And helps me bring me bring me back to reality a little bit, to the good yeah. part of reality a little bit. Yeah. Um and oh, my other highlight, my other personal highlight was meeting Rick Sternbach. Oh, oh cool. That's Tell us right. about that. So I I've never met him before. Um and I was walking past Larry Nemechek's booth and they were chatting and larry goes oh hey kayla come over he called me over he said do you two know each other like no um and so he introduced us and i'm like hi i mean i'm kayla i can be no blah blah blah. and he's like oh i'm rick he's like my name is rick i draw things and he like points to his (laughs) name tag and i'm like in my head i'm like yeah i know who you are like no no introduction necessary but like oh nice to meet you rick right um and we chatted about stuff and you know rick rick sternbach is he's done a ton of design work for star trek and um responsible for a lot of the designs that of of all kinds of stuff that we know and love from trek that's really made trek look the way that it looks so he's a huge part of giving the franchise the look and feel that 
that it has. And he's also, you know, part of the group responsible for making the the techno stuff, the science and the technology um, make sense. And so he talked a lot about technobabble and he had to stop himself and say, I hate the word technobabble because when you use the word babble, it implies that it's meaningless, you know, mumbo jumbo. Mm. And he's like, the point, like, he's like, part of my job was to give it meaning. And, you know, as a scientist, obviously from, from, I came at Star Trek from the point of view of, you know, that's what drew me to it. Even before I was a scientist, when I was a child, you know, I, I loved the scientific things that related to real life and that made sense both in universe and in our universe. And so I was just like, we chatted about all kinds of stuff and I was just beside myself. Yeah. And I told him about the work I did and the work that my husband does. Both of us work at, you know, at NASA Johnson Space Center. And so he was interested in hearing about that. And anyway, we just hit it off and... um. I'm like, like I saw him multiple times later in the con. We'd like wave at each other and then keep chatting. It was so wonderful. Yeah, he's a um, sweet guy, really sweet guy. Super nice and modest, just like yep. I draw things. Yeah, we're gonna try to get him on the podcast. Yeah, we mentioned the podcast to him and said, you know, we'd love to talk to you if you, you know, if you're amenable. So um, he seemed like he'd be in, into it. So I think that'd be wonderful. He's just oh, really absolutely. cool to talk to. So that was I a mean, highlight, personal highlight for me was meeting Rick. Absolutely. As you can see, you know we had a we had a busy convention, you know all things considered, and a rewarding convention. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like I said, it was healing. It I was. Needed, I needed to re- rejuvenate my spirit. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, good. That's encouraging to hear that you had such a good time. Yeah. Yeah, not having it be so busy allowed for more quiet moments, where you could stop and just pay more attention to things going on around mm-hmm. you. Which was a blessing. Yes, it very much was. So I thought it was, I had a great experience. And, you yeah. know, shout out to creation. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Go, go for it. Yeah. I mean, they had, this could have gone really gone sideways on them with everything that's been going on. And they, and I know from what people we were talking to who were working on at the con itself, you know, Adam Malin and Gary Berman, the owners of Creation, had pretty much had their hair on fire the entire time trying to make sure everything ran properly. So it's a great credit to them that despite all the talent cancellations, dealing with, you know, having to come up with a solution for masking and vaccinations and testing, all this stuff had to be done to fly a lot of it in the final two or three weeks before the convention happened. And for the convention to go off as well as it did from, on the public side of it mm. is truly remarkable. It's one of those things, no news is good news, right? The fact mm-hmm. that nobody talked about any of these logistics means they worked great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I thought they did a hell of a job. And that is, from the outside perspective, a relatively thankless job. As you say, Jared, you know, if, if we don't hear anything about it, that's means sure. it's gone well. And so yeah, I think it's important to reflect on that thinking about these are the people who have you know been dealing with these challenges as they've come as brian said so yeah they they did a great job because i didn't i mean it was different right but i didn't notice problems and that is a huge deal right and there were definitely problems going on and but yep but they they took care of it yep they took care of it yeah so kudos to to adam malin and gary berman and the gang of creation you guys did a great job. And I think you lifted the spirits of a lot of people. Mm. Yeah. 
So now we're looking at next year. And there will be another, there'll be, I guess they'll call it the 56th year mission next year. I don't know. I assume or that's what they're like going to do. They'll keep that kind of numbering system. Yeah. Um, and that will be at a different venue. The Rio, I think we mentioned this on the last podcast, the Rio is going in for an extensive renovation, which is going to take well over a year. So long it will overdue. Not, long overdue. Yes. Um, so it will be getting, it'll be out of, out of uh, action for well over a year, I think. Um, maybe even two. So the convention will move to Bally's next year, which is on the strip, mm-hmm. right in the middle of everything. Right on the strip uh, and on Flamingo, which is on the street where Rio is. So it's just down the street from the Rio. It's down the street from the yeah, Rio. Yeah, it's not far right? at all. No. Yeah. We were going to go check check out Bally's and uh, we just didn't get time to. Yeah, we ran out of time. As we've said before, you know, time tends to get away from you at these things you know you seem you feel like you have all the time in the world and then suddenly you don't it's going to be on late august next year which is a change of pace it's easily the latest it's ever been august 25th or the 28th Mm -hmm. it's later and it's one day shorter i think the later time is going to be challenging for some so i was speaking to um Uh, because school's back in session at that point yeah exactly and i think that's not not only troublesome for people with kids or kids themselves, but also students, teachers. teachers. Yeah. Um, I was talking to Dave Williams, AKA Dr. Dave, um, who's a professor at Arizona state. He speaks at these conventions a lot. Um, and he's the one who brought that up to me about that's after school starts for him. So he's going to be teaching classes. So it's going to be harder for him to, and for other people like that to attend. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Or they come for half of it instead of the whole thing. Yeah. Or they just have to, you know, finagle something so they can get the time off, but it's just trickier in any event. Especially when it's the very beginning of the school year. It's like you can't miss the first week of school. Right. No, absolutely not. You know, you could take a week off maybe in the middle of the semester, but not the first week or the second week. Yeah. No, you have to be on deck. Yeah. That's 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 a bit of a shame. But, you know, maybe it'll open it up for other people who couldn't attend for whatever reason during the time it is now. Yeah. I mean, one, one benefit to it being there is that it's further away from San Diego. Yes, I mean, there have definitely. been times in the past where they've been a week apart. Yeah, and that's been – I've done that. I've gone to yeah. both. Yeah, that can <laughs> oh, be very yikes. hard for a lot yeah. of people to try to pull off both. So this gives it probably about a month's worth of breathing room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. that is one plus. Um, and like I just said, it's only four days. It went to five during the 50th anniversary, and it stayed that way. Mm-hmm. So this is scaling it back. I don't know if that will be a permanent thing or if that's just the next year. I personally don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for it to be four days. I don't know Agreed. if it really needs five. However, I like being there for five days. So I, I might too. propose that we still go yeah. and be physically in Vegas for yeah. a long period, even yeah. if we're pre-game it. So we have yep. an extra day to just hang out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I really, this year, I really enjoyed being there from Wednesday to Monday. Me too. It just gave you, yeah, like you said, a little bit of a chance to decompress and not feel so frantic about everything. Because I've come to this right in the middle of the convention and you kind of just, there are times when I've gotten off the plane, gone straight to the convention center and walked straight into a panel, which oh, is not yikes. fun, which yeah. is not yeah. fun. So this was, a, this was a much more, you know, laid back approach and I love it. Much, much prefer- more preferable for me at yeah. least. Yeah, and we were able to chill out too, because some some of the franticness is self imposed. 
Yeah. Oh, no, no question. Because we get into it and, you know, it, covering these things, it's a really weird thing that happens. You sit down in that chair and you're like, okay, we're going to record the audio for our notes. We're going to be taking notes and writing down the timestamps. We're going to be taking images. We're going to be tweeting. We're going to be thinking. And then you just like go full throttle and think you have to do everything right away. And then you just like stay in that mode for days. Yeah. And there's mm. like, and then you look back and you're like, why did we do that? Yeah. And we've learned, I think we've all learned over the years to not do that to ourselves. Yeah. But everyone I've seen who's covered the con, especially in the first the first time or first couple times they're doing it, like that seems to happen. It's just yep. this energy that comes over you when you think you need to like yeah. way overdo everything. So yeah, it was yeah. nice this year we could not well, not only are we self aware of that, but also with the lighter schedule, it was like a double whammy of being able to chill make it chiller for us, yep. which is nice. Yep. Absolutely. A special experience overall, I'd say. And well worth it. Yeah, I'm glad, very glad we went. I know we yeah, were all on the fence at various points, but me I'm too. glad that those yeah. of us who were able to go did. Yeah, and we, we've joked we've joked among ourselves in the past about having a Trek movie retreat where we'd all just go someplace, you know, be at a you know resort by the beach or something like that, or or perhaps NASA headquarters in Houston. That, that would be yeah. kind of cool. That's true. And then you know we ended up doing that inadvertently. We had our little place to hang out. We were able to go to the convention during the day and then be amongst ourselves the rest of the time. So that's the way to do it, especially this year. It. Normally, I would I have to be in the convention center because I've done the Airbnb thing before, and it is a pain, especially if you don't have a car. You, I think you really have to have a car to make it work, but um, it's a pain to shuttle back and forth to the convention center. But this year, since we weren't hanging out at the convention center after hours, yeah. it didn't matter so much. Right. And it was fine. This was the yep. way to do it this year, I think. I agree. I actually did st- I actually did stay at the Rio and I actually found that advantageous because I could pop up in between things and change clothes or take a little nap or yep. whatever. Yeah, that makes a big deal. Like I said, especially if you're there like all day and all night. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense to stay anywhere else. So we'll yep. see how it goes next year, I guess. I have to say, I think a good time was had by all. I agree. Here, yep. here. And our uh, our friend Lori got bought a an uh, a William Riker action figure for ten dollars. Oh my god! How could we have neglected to mention? We're the, saving the best the, for last. The saga of right. Yeah, go for it. Let's see. This is the best for last. So go for it. And I I wasn't there when she got it, but by the time I got there, she was just so delighted with all the different um, uh, celebrities she'd gotten him into pictures with pictures with different situations. She'd been it basically had hijacked uh, her Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and everywhere we went, she's like, "No, we need to get a picture of him doing this. Oh, we need to we need to put him on the lazy Susan at the Chinese restaurant and put get a video of his perspective spinning around, looking at all of us and all this kind of thing." And it was uh, it was it was fun to see how ten dollars worth of plastic uh, brought so much joy <laughs> to her life. I have to admit, as much as I loved the Riker pictures and videos, the best part was watching Lori be so overjoyed <laughs> yeah laughing Easily. so hard while Easily. she was taking the photos yeah, uh-huh. yeah. so we recommend looking at Lori ulster's uh twitter feed it is at flubish f-l-o-o-b-i-s-h yes. and i think we retweeted it from trek movie too but it's a while back but go to yeah. at flubish it's so funny guys it really like she went around looking for various in- incarnations of deanna troy in the vendor's room and took mm. pa- like the deanna troy action figures deanna troy plates and whatever and taking pictures of Riker like looking at the Tiana Troys. <laughs> yep. It's just 
it's and then the various celebrities of the Riker and it he took place in the costume contest. It's great. You've got to check it out. Does she still have him? Is she going to bring him next year? Oh yeah, she took pictures with him like flying home. He's now a cult figure. He's coming back. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's definitely, there's no chance he's not coming back. So yeah, t- tell us in the comments what adventures you'd like to see Riker go on next year at Bally's. Maybe mm. we could maybe we could recreate some scenes with uh, from the Arsenal Freedom. Oh my God. There's a, uh, if someone wants to uh, work that somehow into the Photoshop. It's there. Contest. There you go. It out there. If you can work in a plastic Riker. Mm-hmm. Or just, you, you know what's going to win points with us, basically. The shit that we find hilarious, like mm-hmm. plastic Riker. Yep. And the, the, the sub, sub Rosa candle, that kind of stuff. You know what, you guys get us. You know what's up. Indeed. All right, gang. Well, this has been the 100th episode of the Shuttle Pod. Number 100. Thank you for joining us. And good luck with the contest. Yeah, that's right. Please enter the contest. Um, I'm still gathering together the the Shuttle Pod prize pack TM, but it's going to be good. I guarantee there's going to be some good stuff in there. All right. One of a kind objects. Right. And like we said, in two weeks, we will reveal the winner. That's right. So stay tuned for ShuttlePod 101 in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Great talking to you thanks, both. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Take care.